This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast with your hosts, Zach Klempf and Steve McClory. You're listening to the Used Car Dealer Podcast, episode number eight. I'm Zach Klempf. And this is Steve McClory. And really excited to get back together with Steve on this episode. Steve, how have you been doing lately? Oh, I had a virus there for a couple of days, but it went away. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it was COVID. I don't know. I think I might have been exposed to that when we were over there in Southeast Asia, actually. <laughs> no, things are great. Things are great. The, you know, the selling army's hanging in there. And I can see things are coming back to life when I talk to different dealers you know, across the country and all different states. You know, the, the, it's time for the lights to turn back on. It's time for life to start to return back to normal. You know, you couldn't, you won't find one independent dealer that'll disagree with that. I assure you. What are your thoughts about all of the dealerships who have employees who are now working at home? They're no longer, you know, working side by side with management. How can you hold these employees accountable in the new COVID-19 sales climate? Well, it's called this old thing. It's called the honor system sometimes. Uh, But it's... Look, you know, it's hard to keep people focused sometimes when they are at work, let alone on their own. And we know the talent level, and, and but, you know, it just, it just depends on the operation. It, independent dealers can be configured differently. But more of your traditional operation, and you got multiple salespeople, you know, I have dealers right now, and I have these conversations on a daily basis, that they're using, you know, our system to go in and listen to conversations, make sure follow-ups being done, making sure they're getting their ROI on their lead sources. Figuring out these things now so they can come back stronger as the doors have opened up, right? And, and actually, that's another thing, too. So people are coming back from home and back to the dealership. And now, you know, some of the conversations I have, dealers going, well, so salesperson comes back and they get sick. Are they going to sue me? Maybe they're better off being at home and meeting somebody here to deliver the car. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I found interesting recently, I was looking at Carvana's market cap. And I was comparing it to CarMax's and Carvana is actually, um, they're at a $15 billion market uh-huh. cap and uh-huh. it's more than uh-huh. CarMax, you know, mm-hmm. even though CarMax yeah. from a revenue standpoint is yeah. selling more yeah. used cars, they're technically mm-hmm. the largest used car dealer by market cap. Well, I, I think you might have a better comparison if you were looking instead of CarMax. Maybe at one of these big illusionist shows here off the Las Vegas Strip. I'm out here. I live in Las Vegas now, as you know. Uh, David Copperfield might be a better con- comparison as, as to the Mirage because I, I don't know how many cars they have on the ground right now, but they've already lost 10% in wholesale. There's going to be another 20% in wholesale losses that are coming to them over the summer, and it's just what they're setting on. They're so in debt. And let me tell you, some of our, you know, the, the, the great operations we work with and in the from the you call them mom and pop or i call them husband and wife or family operations or you know that's middle america the independent dealer and and, and i fight for him you know and I, I really try to help him and, and love working with him and a lot of them gotten hurt over this well let me tell you something it's going to get to the generals eventually all right it's going to get to the carvanas this thing you suffered out there the independent dealer let me tell you that's where it starts the troops get killed but then eventually the generals get shot and Carvana is one of those generals and some of those public retailers that, that dip into that, you know, into that niche and that octagon we call the used car marketplace. But it's coming. 
but it's still it's it's still opportunity. There's still opportunity out there to thrive, and I hear it in your voices when I talk to you every day. I was reading the Wall Street Journal, and I saw that Hertz they've hired advisors for restructuring talks now. They have yeah, seventeen billion dollars of debt, and you could imagine right now, not a lot of people are taking vacations. Yeah, yeah. Use 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 my tax dollars to take care of them because they were irresponsible to begin with as an organization. That's fair. Sounds a little like the oil and gas industry, doesn't it? Um, I could go on and on. So there's a lot of unfairness that that you know this just stacked us up against the independent dealer again uh, is another one of those. Um, obstacles that, that, that we have to face but you know you can't stop the independent dealer it's so resourceful i think a lot of dealers um they're thinking about changing their messaging right now they don't want to have the same autoresponder email you know that was pre-covid oh you must have variety you gotta have variety you can't use and well here's the truth most of the dealers i talk to are using their personal cell phone well, of course they are. I ask that question of every customer I talk to. You know, you use it, how you communicate to the customer. Use your personal cell to text? And 95% of the time, yes, they do. Okay, well, look, here, here's a better way to do it. Faster. Yeah. You want to rely on your salespeople to message. They're basically, basic, they might as well be just sending it right from your personal cell phone numbers or sending it to their customers, right? They're basically a spokesperson for you. How well do they spell? Are they sober? <laughs> And one thing I notice, that because these dealers have some of them, man, they have a 90-day plan right now. They can tell you in less than 20, 25 seconds what their plan is here for the next three. It was harder to plan a week or two weeks ago, but they're starting to come together and they're getting organized and they're they're cut their, you know, reinforcements have been sent and they're getting they're going into battle and and some of them are really doing well and they're they're getting busier. They're selling, I assure you. Yeah, no, I'd love to see that. I definitely think things are starting to come back a little. And some of the states, including Georgia, they've already opened, which was, you know, pretty controversial um, this week. And uh, it looks like some states are saying mid-May when they'll open up, late May. So I'm excited. You know, I need a haircut. I'm ready to get back to the office. (laughs) (laughs) Florida tech country boy can't survive. Yeah. Uh, Believe me, they'll be back. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Um, it's just such a drama. You know, it's, we all have family members, very close family members that have underlying conditions. You know, we, um, I'm 50 years old. Hell, I could qualify for maybe one of them. I'm in pretty good shape. I don't care. Flip it back on. I'm going out. And, <laughs> and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be social distancing and thinking of others and washing my hands. But I'll take my chances because you can't shut down this, you know, hurt families like this. And, and our independent dealers, you know, got to be able to put bread on the table. And it drives me every day. Do the best job I can to help them. But, um, man, keep let's keep up the push. What do you think is going to happen when everyone goes from, you know, working remote at home and the transition back to the dealership? You know, some people, they'll still be concerned. Oh, about man, that's back. crazy. Isn't, it, isn't that crazy? This creates, well, think of the dynamic. Think about it. I heard it talked about like this, right? So you think of the real estate market and the suburban real estate market, and it's more expensive typically as you get closer to the city, right? And now all these people are working remote. They're saying, well, heck, I can do the job here remote. 
the, 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 the company saves on less office space. This led into this big talk about the coming, um, well, not coming, it's here. It sounds like the destruction of the credit bubble for commercial real estate along with commercial real estate itself. Well, this changes the dynamic. Now, people can live anywhere. Well, I can live an hour farther away from work, right, and pay less in, in, in housing, maybe cost of living, or maybe in another state. Right, right. I don't have to pay state income tax. <clears throat> this changes a lot of things. That people still like to touch the inventory with the independent. You know, you gotta, you gotta be sort of close. But it's it's going to have a just not an impact on autos. But you can you can see the writing on the wall. We see it ourselves. You and I. We talk about you know how expansion and in our office and you know what the future might hold. Um, but it's just the resilience, you know, of capitalism and, and, and the human race communicating. We find ways to get it done. And nobody's better than that. Nobody's better than that than independent dealers. There's nobody better than that. Yeah, and Maybe I think independent too, dealers. But most of them, they don't count. <laughs> yeah, they but, have some advantages right now because a lot of them, they run lean. You know, they don't have all of the overhead that a franchise store might have. They don't have to make as yeah. many furloughs or layoffs. And, um, and that could be an advantage tough. in this climate. It, it, yeah. Yeah. God, it's just tough. But yeah, there is some of that. And it is hard to see when you're going through it. Man, I hope they get some more of this money out for the SBA. We all know we're going to see defaults. We all know we're going to see wholesale values drop. Um, and what customers need is a job to buy a car. Our, our prospects need to have a job. So getting the lights turned on is number one. Getting people back to work is essential, as we all know. Um, and then it just, it's, it's just going to be a, a real interesting environment, Zach. You know what I find interesting some of the OEMs are doing? 84-month, 0% interest financing and the first 90 days of payments deferred. And Ford's doing the first six months of payments deferred. It's uh, incredible to see that sort of term. Why don't I go back on my current auto loan while my credit's still right? Like, <laughs> get another loan. So it's a, oh, it, it's it's going to be a debacle. There's there's a there's a credit crisis that's coming. You know, the the delinquency rates when the data starts coming out which presents a great opportunity for the independent dealer. You know, I think you're going to see some real opportunities because people enter more of that, you know, lower expense used car market, you know, the 10 to 15,000 range. There's going to be a flood of them and some of them under 10 that really hit a lot. You know, the, I'd say 60% of our customer base maybe um, will really benefit from that. And I hate to say it, you know, it's not like it's a, it's just a, how the market seems to work itself out. What am I saying? I'm saying there's going to be a lot of non-prime customers entering the market with down payment money. My hope is, is that there's a bank to support it, and those people that are entering, are, are, they're, they're entering the workforce again. But they can't enter it with at a 700 FICO that they had before. They can't walk into the Acura dealership and ride out one hour later. They need you. <laughs> they need what you got in that inventory and the financing that you can provide them as they put their credit back together. That's what I see as the opportunity that's coming. It's a cycle. Yeah. And it, it's great that you mentioned the 15,000, the 10,000 in under vehicles. Cause right now 
one of the hottest, most in-demand jobs is being a delivery person, whether it's food, pharmacy, it's in demand right now. And what if they deliver me what if they deliver me back a COVID test? But we were talking about delivery, and I've taken advantage of some of that with some groceries and some other things. And we got some customers that have a heavy commercial, you know, um, inventory that are actually doing pretty good right now. They're holding up real well with you know stocking heavy and delivery vehicles, vans, trucks. But go ahead. There's a lot of demand for those sort of vehicles. They'll be continuing that. I mean, people are going to second guess, even with strong incentives, buying a new vehicle. You know, there are going to be a lot of customers that are going to end up on used car lots over the next six months, 12 months. Oh, it's irrefutable. Well, it's any it's supply and demand like any market. Um, Will we see what, you know, oil did happen in the used car market? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, there's a glut. And like any market, it's, the used car market is very resilient, if anything. It'll work itself out quickly. Yeah. Because you also I, have to remember that you have you have less production, too. So you're not going to have as many lease returns coming back in the future. So there's some management of the depreciation in the, in the being that, right, there's not as many vehicles that are going out there today. Oh, if they did, they'd get slaughtered. They already have as far as residual values. So, yeah, they can't give them away, Zach. That's why the used car independent deal is even more important in this economy. What about all of the public auto groups that have been hit hard recently? It seems like there are a lot of good well, companies yeah. that have been hit hard. Like Lithia being at over $104 a share. Um, you got CarMax running over 66 So they got cut in half, basically, I think initially from their fifth, from pre-corona, right? And have come back about halfway. Now, they say that the current share price reflects the future earnings, right? It's already factored in. Oh, I think that's a bunch of BS. They don't know what's going to happen. Well, what I see is I see 450 cars that are sitting there on CarMax. There's a lot of current interest every day, right? The lights are shut off. and you know, No, they're back on. I'm sorry. I take that back, but that's a lot of loss to incur. And I'm here in Las Vegas. I got a couple of stores. And I, went, I started my career at CarMax. I love the company. I remember when buying shares when it was under $3 a share before the big split. And but it would have, you know, changed the industry. It sure did. But... I, I, I see further pressure. I'm very bearish on the public retailers sector for the next six months, without a doubt. Not to know throughout the rest of the year, as a matter of fact. Because it's, it's again, we don't have all the data in and in the, in the true impact in that news. But, uh, look, if it gets too bad for them, I'm sure the Fed will step in and give them a loan. It'll hit, well, you know, it's, Wall Street will have the edge before Main Street always. It just works that way. Yeah, there, there's some speculation around whether they're going to bring a clash or cash for uh, clunkers program back again. I think a lot of people don't believe it will happen, but some sort of level of stimulus for um, oh, the I auto be industry or the equivalent. It, it it might be masquerading as is cash for clunkers too, and they'll call it something different. Maybe something a little more pleasant. You know, Trump's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe it'll be a voucher. 
Hell, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised because the government will do whatever it can do. And the only, I believe, really the only reason that a lot of these retailers are held up right now, like have held up, and, and have been able to sort of uh, get to these certain like resistance points, that publicly retailed uh, sector, is just strictly because of you know what the Fed is is doing uh, to try to keep. Well, that's I can say that for just about every industry. Um, but uh, they're gonna, there's going to be some shakeout, and there, and again, there's going to be opportunity for that independent dealer if it's so careful. You got to be so careful and buy right. You know, if you if wholesale prices are going down on average one percent week over week, trucks are holding up slightly better at one percent, and this is black book data. Um, I think through the twenty second, maybe the twenty fourth. Okay, so if you're an independent dealer, Zach. What three things would be on the top of your mind? That's a great question, Steve. I think number one, I would look at all of my third-party lead providers. I'd look at that spin, and I'd see what lead providers are working, what aren't. Regardless of a 50% off in April and May, I'd think about, okay, what happens when it resets to what I was paying before? The second thing I do, I'd evaluate the technology stack at my dealership because right now is a good time if you want to implement a new solution, if you want to cut a solution to really evaluate all of your tech stack products, whether that's your website, your CRM, uh, your dealer management system. Now is the time your vendor probably has a little more time to do a better onboarding job and then you have more time to be really focused on adopting that new product. And then the last thing I would do is talk with all the banks, you know, different lenders that I work with and see what's changed. Um, in terms of PPP, I was reading an article in Forbes uh, that PayPal, they're now processing PPP loans. And a lot of people who were using Bank of America or Wells Fargo, they're actually going over to them. So there's a lot of opportunity out there for dealerships but those three things that's what i would recommend um kind of being top of mind i guess steve you know anything else for the dealers listening out there and i'll tell you one cool thing i was looking at we have dealerships in five different continents listening to our uh used car dealer (laughs) podcast Which was yeah. interesting. And, you know, we see some familiar areas hey, of the U.S. The too. Never sets. The, sun- <laughs> <laughs> the sun never sets on the selling army, okay? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really coming from all parts of the globe. Af- South Africa, trying to figure out how to make, make it happen in the marketplace and be able to, you know, get an edge on their competition because that's what it's about. You know, get that edge. Take it. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, that includes, you know, dealers in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Villa Park, Alabama, you know, Bartlett, Tennessee, all across the United States. You know, we really appreciate everyone listening to the podcast, giving us feedback. We have some exciting guests, you know, coming down the pipeline. And thanks again for listening to this episode of the Used Car Dealer Podcast. I'm Zach Clemp. And this is Steve McClure. Keep fighting the good fight.